Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm your host, Korea Pounds. And today, it's going to be another casual day. It's a Friday here, uh, about 11.30. I'm in. Uh, I'm still in Pullman. Um, it's 9-11. Um, unfortunately, you know, I want to just give uh, my condolences to any people who have lost family members in on the unfortunate events of 2001, which is 19 years ago today, uh, the Twin Towers um, being bombed and attacked by airplanes. So um, I also want to give a shout out to all the firefighters out there who have, who were there at the scene and also just firefighters saving us right now throughout these crazy times with the wildfires happening all over the West Coast. And um, anyone who has personally been affected by these wildfires in California, Oregon, and Washington, including um, some people that I know, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to you guys. Uh, hopefully you guys are okay. Stay safe. Um, I know the smoke is just very crazy right now. And just everything, everything's just kind of crazy. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone who is staying safe um, and just the firefighters. Um, who are out there saving our world today and who saved people 19 years ago today. So with that, um, we're going to get right into it. Um, pretty much, it's kind of been a, it's, it's kind of been a weird week for, I mean, college basketball. I mean, <laughs> I mean, especially for college basketball. I mean, we're going to, we're going to start out with the big news. So the ACC, um, some of the coaches proposed that Every single Division One team be included in this year's NCAA tournament. That was reported like early Wednesday morning, so that was two days ago, and everyone was in shock. Everyone was confused. Like, what are they talking about? Why are we having this many teams? And to be honest with you, I don't really see why that many teams is necessary. I mean, it should be the regular sixty-four. You know, the first four, and then your field of 64, you know, so, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know what they're going, I mean, and this is just one, this is one conference, this is only the ACC, but it did make a lot of head waves, I mean, and plus it made a lot of head turns as well, like, thinking, like, what would actually a potentially, I think it's, like, almost 360 team tournament would look like, like, to me, that's, that, that's insane, that's literally madness having that many teams like whew. I mean coach K uh Mike Krzyzewski you know coach of the Duke men's basketball team you know well-renowned coach pretty much one of the best coaches of all time pretty much um he said and I quote our sport needs to be agile and creative in terms of talking about having all teams in and I mean I get it but I feel like having a 60, like a 350, whatever, how many teams are in Division One basketball, I feel like that would make it so you have to have an asterisk, asterisk, excuse me, on whoever wins the tournament. And how would the regular season work? Would there be like, well, like a couple games and then bam, we just go straight into the tournament? Like... I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. So, okay, so, here, an article written 
on um, Bleacher Report kind of explains how just this kind of started. So Jeff Goodman uh, of Stadium, uh, the website, uh, Mike Krujewski, Coach K, and the ACC coaches proposed that next year will be an um, all-inclusive tournament. And he, uh, Coach K said also, and I quote, this is not a regular season. It is clearly an irregular season that will require something different. And then our sport needs to be agile and creative. And I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I get it. But at the same time, I don't understand it. Like, I get, you know, the inclusivity and everything that's happening this year. I, I get that. But at the same time, I I feel like we're going toward a path, like, for especially for college basketball. Like, I feel like this is just the way of addressing the fact that people are going to the G League and these smaller schools like Howard and, like, like especially, like, like not, not smaller schools, but, you know, not the quote-unquote top nat basketball schools in the country. I think this is what like Coach K and you know like Coach Coach Williams, you know other people in the ACC. I feel like this is just them trying to have everybody play, and I get it, but at the same time, I don't really understand it, like. The 20, like, so the 2020-21 season was supposed to start in November, but I don't think maybe November is a good starting date right now, um, according to, I mean, according to the NCAA. And then Dan Gavitt, um, I remember talking about this, I think, last month. Gavitt said that they're going to make a decision probably about mid-September. So I would say in these next few days, uh, they're probably going to be making a decision on when the NCAA basketball for both men and women are happening, and I mean, I mean, they already canceled the men's and women's basketball tournaments in March because of what happened, and um, the Big Pac-12 pretty much postponed all fall sports, and then that includes some winter because, I mean, basketball you would usually start in like late October, early November for some teams, mostly early November, and. For the Pac-12, that pretty much just get rid of the, gets rid of their non-conference, and they would have to start pretty much around conference season. So, I mean, with this, it's just, I, I just don't see the logistics around it. You know, I just, I think it was just an idea that they had, but they didn't really think of, you know, how it would work out. Because, I mean, just think, j- just think how... How are you supposed to have a twenty, a three hundred and fifty-three team? Three hundred and fifty-three team bracket. Like, how does that even work? I mean, sixty-four is already a lot. Like, in terms of like trying to get the perfect bracket and anything, but like, imagine getting it to three hundred and fifty-three. Your odds just went so much down. It's crazy. And 
I I I just don't think the I don't think the logistics of this are going to work. And plus, just think like you're gonna have 353 teams fighting for a championship. Like, and I tell you, like, up obviously upsets happen. So you have to think of that. Like, what if like a team that was like, for example, like I don't know, like a like an Alabama A and M or like you know like a Florida A and M, like. What if they beat like Duke in the first round? I mean, you you also got to think of that. Like, would they get an asterisk by their if say they win it? Say like a Florida A and M. Say like UAB, they beat like I don't know UNC in the first round. They go all the way to the championship and they win. Would they get an asterisk because of the fact that they were not projected to win? Would they get an asterisk because of the fact that it's a creative season in quotation marks? Like. Just just think about the logistics of that. I highly doubt that's going to work. I, I don't think that's going to work. And, I mean, it was a fun idea by the ACC head coaches, but uh, no, no. And then ultimately yesterday, um, this, uh, this, and the, de- the uh, excuse me, the NCAA senior vice president basically said that they're not going to do this big March Madness thing that the ACC proposed, and I and I'm like, thank God. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, are you serious right now? You're really gonna have all these teams, 353 teams. Like, if you do the math, there's 64 teams that start in the tournament. Well, technically 68 that are invited, but 64 are in the tournament. You have 353 now, so 353. Minus 64, that's about, I want to say about 289. 289 extra teams. You know how many more tournaments? That's like, that's like four separate tournaments right there. I, yeah, no, no. So, I'm glad March Madness is sticking, I mean, the way it's looking like, they're planning on just sticking it to the classic 64 teams. And if they expand it, then that that's ridiculous. But, yeah, Dan Gavitt pretty much said yesterday that um, their group, the governing body of college athletics, is not interested or is not planning to expand the field to whatever the ACC proposed, having all teams. So the statement from uh, Gavitt, uh, Andy Katz posted on Twitter. Uh, it says, and I quote, every college basketball team's goal is to play in the NCAA tournament because everyone loves March Madness. Certainly we missed it this year and can and cannot wait for 2021. While all who care about the game are entitled to their opinion and will always listen respectfully, at this time we are not working on any contingency plan that involves expanding the tournament field. I mean, that's pretty perfect. I mean, I don't understand why having this expanded field would do anything, like, get wild and game-changing. I th- and plus, would it just be for this year? Or, like, would you actually look into it for, like, the continuing years? So, I mean, I'm telling just think logistically. Like, 353 teams in one tournament. That, that, that's mad. <laughs> that's, that's mad, bro. Like... Come on, come on, really, man? Like, yeah, that's not going to work. 
like I don't I don't know what they were thinking. Like I mean I get it obviously with the inclusivity and with everything going on this year. Uh, some people got to miss out, but I mean that's what the reason everybody loves March Madness is kind of the lead up to it. I love the lead up, like Champ Week. Like Champ Week, you have your conference tournaments, and now at the conference and that and and that goes back to the original point at the conference tournaments, like. That's where everybody has a chance. So pretty much everybody technically has a chance to make it to March Madness in the conference tournament because, I mean, that it all it, it all makes sense. Like, just just think about it. Like, Pac-12, everybody plays. The way Wazoo was playing, like I I gotta I gotta bring up Wazoo because the way Wazoo we finished beating Colorado, who was number six in the Pac-12, we were, we were number eleven, we beat them. And, like, do do people realize, like, this is your shot. The conference tournament is your shot to get to March Madness. So, having everybody already, like, involved really just devalues and kind of just, you know, makes it less exciting. Like, if, if I was to watch March Madness with that 353, like, I would get bored. I would get bored because, like, you would see a bunch of blowouts. You would see, like, maybe, like, one upset, like, in the first, like, how would the first, oh, my God, like, just the, just the logistics around it sound pretty wacky, and I, I was never on board with this, and as I'm thinking about it right now, like, as I'm saying this, like, I'm more and more against it, like, you have to realize the conference tournaments that happen right before March Madness, like in the late Februarys and early Marches, like that is every team's opportunity that does good in the regular season to make it to the tournament. If they don't do good, then they don't deserve to be in. If you do good, then you have a chance to be in. If you do great, then you deserve to be in. That's how it should be. It always works. And plus, Champ Week is fun too. I mean... You have, like, some championship, like, tournaments that, like, like some upset teams could get in. Like, I remember, like, like I think it was, like, a 10 and, like, 20-something Holy Cross team. Like, I think they were, like, 8 in their conference. They won the conference tournament. And then they, like, also, they, they won, like, the play-in game, like, the first four matchup. And then they lost to Oregon, like, the next round. <laughs> like, but still, like... That is your time to make your mark and go to March Madness. That's your time. You don't automatically get to be in just because you have D1 by your, like, by what kind of school you are. And yes, I'm, yes, I'm advocate for, you know, creativity and all that stuff. But with, with some of this, like, this is getting ridiculous, a 353 tournament team really really that that that's a little extreme 64 is great that's perfect cuz everybody knows like the 16 seeds like how the 15 seeds could play like how likely is an upset between 12 and 14 like is an 11 one an upset like is the 10 like everybody knows everybody knows and for that to be just so radical now to make it 353 is so insane and just mind-boggling to the fact that it makes you not even want to watch it anymore. Cause I mean, like, how would how would it be like 
They're like, oh, who's your team? Like, are, are you guys in? Like, of course we're in because all the teams are in. <sighs> just, just stick to 64. Thank God they're sticking to 64 because if it was 353, like, you have a school like Incarnate Ward, okay? Incarnate, because they're D1. They play in, I think, the Southland. Like, Incarnate Ward, they would be in the tournament because they have D1 next to their name in terms of what kind of school they are. Like, you don't, you don't see Division 2 doing this. You don't see Division 3 doing this. So why, why is D1 doing this? This is top tier. And plus, you want to make it attractive to people who are coming in. Like, it's already bad enough. Like, you have top recruits. I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, obviously, it's it's their opinion and it's their choice. But as in terms of, like, college basketball, y'all are already looking bad. Like, you have top recruits going to um, the G League. Like, the top recruit. Um, God, what's his name? Um, I'll, I'll think of his name. He's, he's, he's going to the G League. He could have picked, like, top schools like Texas Tech and I think Kansas and Kentucky. And I think Auburn was in there. I think, what was one? I think, I think Duke was in there as well. And, like, he picked the G League. So, like, you want to make it attractive to, like, do, does that make sense? Like, do you want, you want to make college basketball attractive? And, plus, just, oh my god, like, just, just, just think, like, for these top players who are thinking about, you know, one and dones and going straight to the league, what are they going to get out of this season? They're not going to be playing, like, any really solid competition, and then when they do, they're going to be burned out by the, all the competition they've beaten. See, that's why you have a regular season, and... That's why you have comfort, like, just, just stick to the way it is. Like, the ACC, arguably the best conference for college basketball. You have Florida State, who's on the map now. You have Duke, who's always top tier. UNC had a bad year last year, but they're still top tier in terms of success and what Coach Williams has done for, for that program. And what you're going to do is literally just... Say, oh, we're going to make it all-inclusive. Everybody can join. That devalues just March Madness as a whole. Now, I'm talking about not advertising. I'm talking about, like, just the basketball aspect. It just devalues it. It makes it seem like you don't even, it's not even, like, see, March Madness, March Madness is, like, a top tier. Like, it's something so incredibly just exciting and for 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 a school to just be like oh you have d1 by it oh yeah you're in that makes it less prestige like do you get what i'm saying it makes it less prestige and that's why i'm not a big fan of this at all so i'm really glad that this whole idea of just making it all inclusive is out the window like imagine if they did that for college football like you know how oh my go oh, don't even start with college like if they did that for college football Oh my god. Like shit would hit the fucking fan. Like people would be outraged cuz like you would cuz the the college football playoff is already sc screwed enough. Like instead of four teams you should make it eight and that's perfect. But I'll get that into another podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll talk about that later. But 
the way college football is right now, like if you were to, like if you were talking about like multiple like three hundred and like whatever D one schools there are for college f- football, and plus it's different because there's FBS and FBS. So would you combine them like, or would you just split FBS and have everybody in FBS like? Oh God, like imagine college football having that. Like you know how sh- do you know how fucking hectic that would be? That would be fucking hectic. Like the. The ridiculousness that came out of the ACC the other day was just, was just why? Why? And, okay, you know what? (laughs) We're going to move on because I could literally go on and on and on about this literally for like another 40 minutes. And I don't want to waste your time (laughs) because we got some other things we got to talk about. Okay, so moving, finally moving on. Uh, Ryan Day, you know, Ohio State head coach, he wrote a letter yesterday uh, to the Big Ten, asking him to start their season in October so the Buckeyes can compete for the national title. And, I mean, it's smart, but I don't, I, I mean, does, I mean, did, is it going to work? I mean, here, I mean, here, just, oh, let me read you the letter. Let me read you the letter. This, this is from Ryan Day to um, the Big Ten. It says, and I quote right here. While I understand the Big Ten's conference's decision to postpone the football season because of health and safety. What does that say? I'm sorry. It's like, it's very tiny. Let me read this. Okay. While I understand the Big Ten's conference's decision to postpone the football season because of health and safety. Something considerations. Excuse me. I cannot read this. The the communication of information from the Big Ten following decision has been disappointing and often unclear. However, we still have an opportunity to give our young men what they have worked so hard for, a chance to safely compete for a national championship this fall. I couldn't possibly be prouder of how this team, our medical personnel, athletic director, and president have stayed together and managed through this extremely difficult time with so many unanswered questions. The Big Ten Medical Subcommittee has done an excellent job of creating a safe pathway toward returning to play in mid-October. These young men and their parents have asked so many questions that I do not have the answer to. But the one that hurts the most is, why can't these other, why can't these other teams and players play and we can't? Duke is playing Notre Dame and Clemson is playing Wake Forest this weekend. Our players want to know, why can't they play? Ryan Day. Hmm. I mean, I mean, honestly, the Big Ten is kind of a, it's a fucking mess right now. I mean, you literally have like Ohio State and Nebraska, like leading this charge to play again. And then you have like, and also in Michigan, because Harbaugh said, like, I remember seeing this on ESPN the other day, but they're talking about how literally like they're ready to play games in like a couple weeks. (laughs) And, and I'm just like, like, are you serious? Like, like, God damn, like. They're already ready to play games. Like, I mean, it's, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just reading an email. Um, wow. Okay. Um, Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, sorry. I was reading an email from my school. Um, but I mean, here, just, 
just think, what if the Big Ten was actually playing right now? What if the Big Ten was playing? I mean, the Big Ten is pretty much, I think, like the second best conference right behind the SEC. And you have Ohio State, Michigan, and Nebraska pretty much leading this crusade to play. And then you have a bunch of the other schools, pretty much the other 11 schools in the conference who are kind of, you know, hesitant. I haven't really heard that much about, like, Michigan State or Penn State or, you know, all these other schools. So, I mean, but he does bring up, I mean, you have Notre Dame and Duke tomorrow. And I'll get into all the other games. You have Clemson, Wake Forest. You have all those games. So, like, you know, he brings up a good point. But, I mean, I saw, I, I remember talking about him last week, those numbers about, like, players who have COVID, and then I was just like, you know, I, I'm i sorry, but I mean, that's that's no good. That's no good. So, are they going to play? I uh, I mean, I remember hearing talking about, like, November start date. I heard October. I heard January. Like, honestly, who, who the fuck knows? I mean, Kevin Warren, this is up to you. If you're listening to this, this is your decision, big boy. You got to do what's best for you and I mean you know it's interesting it's interesting um so coming up now bowl projections this came out Sunday pretty much after the first day of games um and I mean what are bowls even gonna look like this year I mean I mean, we have 76 teams playing for 82 bowl slots. That pretty much means three bowls are just exiled. So, I mean, this is interesting. So, for the Clems, for uh, not for the Clems, for the for the national championship, which is now in Miami on scheduled for January 11th, you have Clemson versus Bama. That's pretty much the favorite right there. Um, your college football playoffs. Uh, one's gonna be the Sugar Bowl in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, and the other one is the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So for the Sugar Bowl, they both have, well, this is Bonagura and Slobak. They both have Alabama, Oklahoma. And then for the Rose Bowl, uh, one has Clemson, Florida, and the other one has Clemson, Georgia. So it pretty much, they're pretty much deciding who out of the SEC East is getting that last spot. Because they think Alabama is going to have a dominant year. And they think they're going to do numbers. So it's pretty much either Florida or Georgia having that last spot in. Honestly, I think Georgia. They're going to be dominant this year. I mean, that Georgia-Bama game is going to be huge. That game is going to really define, like, if Georgia can actually win on the road or not. And it's going to be interesting. Um, Let me get into the other New Year's Six Bowls here. So, um, for the New Year's Six, um, so that's pretty much the other ones, the Cotton Peach, Fiesta, and Orange. So, for the Cotton Bowl, uh, ooh, they have some good matchups. Okay, uh, uh, one has Oklahoma State A&M, that's gonna be, but the other one, Texas versus Texas A&M. Whoa, <laughs> that's gonna be good. Um, yeah, I, I could see, I could see that one just being like something you have to watch i mean texas versus texas a&m you know that rivalry has always been there uh i mean a lot of people obviously have said obviously since a&m left the big 12 to go to the sec um obviously 
at Texas and Texas and Texas A&M weren't really allowed to play each other. But if this happens, I mean, shit, that that's gonna be a fucking good game. Um, Peach Bowl. Uh, one has UCF versus UNC, which is North Carolina, and the other one has LSU versus North Carolina. And honestly, I I would be more intrigued to see LSU versus North Carolina. I mean, UCF audio has a lot of absences this year, um, in terms of you know just personnel on the team, and I think this would be a good match, pretty much pretty even in my opinion, uh, between LSU and North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina shined last year in their bowl game and. If they if they if they do it, I mean, um, I mean, if they have a good year, then who's no who knows what the ceiling is for them. And then for uh, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, one has Auburn, Texas, and the other is Oklahoma State, Cincinnati. Both are intriguing matchups. I prefer Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, to be honest. I mean, I just see, see I see something different there, you know, like than Auburn, Texas. I mean, Auburn, Texas is a good matchup, but. I think Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, because, you know, obviously I, they're going to try to have that probably one group of five team, and I think it's going to be Cincinnati. I don't think UCF's going to make it this year. UCF's already lost a lot of players this year due to opting out, and um, Cincinnati's still ranked ahead of them right now, so I think they're still the, like the best team uh, out of the group of five that are playing right now because it's pretty much just, I think, the American Conference. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll go with Oklahoma State, Cincinnati. That'd be a good matchup. And then finally, for the Orange Bowl, I... Uh, we have either Notre Dame, Georgia, or Notre Dame, uh, Flo- Notre Dame, Georgia, or Notre Dame, Florida. I don't know. If, I mean, we always get to see Notre Dame, Georgia every year, and Notre Dame gets their butt whipped <laughs> by Georgia. So I'm gonna go Notre Dame, Florida. That'd be actually better, in my opinion. I actually kind of like that matchup just a little better. Um, you know, to like a matchup you you really get to see, and um, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. So I mean, just those are uh, those are pretty much the um. Like, your New Year's Six, pretty much, all the New Year's Six uh, bowl projections uh, coming in after the first week. And um, I'll get into who plays who this week and how that will affect it because we do have some top teams playing. I think ACC and Big 12 are playing tomorrow. So we're going to see some top 25 teams in action tomorrow. Um, Now we're going to talk about how the hell... They scheduled the season during this pandemic, um, and this is college football. Um, so it's it's written by Alex Scarborough and Ryan McGee. It's called "How to Remake an Entire College Football Season in Just One Month," and I would recommend reading this. I already read this, but I'm gonna read it again. Um, it's it's a very good. It's actually a pretty interesting read. It kind of shows you, like for example, like with BYU, because you know they're they're still a non-conference team, and they want to play, and obviously they did play against Navy and on Monday, on Labor Day. And, and, oh, my God, did you watch that game? Oh, my God, BYU beat the brakes out of the Navy. Oh, my Jesus. Like, they were 31 nothing at the half. I was like, this Navy team just does not look like themselves. And they didn't. But, um, uh, yeah, so they go into detail about uh, Navy. Um, so, pretty much... Uh, Back in March, early March, BYU was pretty much getting ready for the season. You know, they were still going to play Utah State, um, Houston, Boise State, San Diego State. They were planning on playing Stanford, Michigan State, Arizona State. I cannot. I was playing ASU, Arizona State, and Mizzou. And they were playing Utah, obviously, you know, for the Holy War. But most of those got scratched out. And I think pretty much almost all of them. 
And then, so when the Ivy League canceled, I think that's when everything started to fall down. And that's what they highlighted here. Pretty much when the Ivy League said they're not having a season, that was back, like, early July. Um, like, it that, that was the domino. They call it the first domino falls, and then, like, shit just hits the fan pretty much. So, BYU's 12-game schedule, in the span of 24 hours, they went from 12 to 7 games. Like, oh, Jesus. Um, and then, when July ends and August begins, the contingencies collapse. So, obviously, we were geared for a Pac-12 season. We were geared for a Big 12 season. We were geared for a Big 10. We were geared for all because they released the schedules. And then all of a sudden, shit just hit the fan. Like, literally, in, in days. Yeah, August 9th, like, it was August 9th through 11th. Shit hits the fan. All hell breaks loose. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy just how much has actually happened. So, it's, but now, I mean, now we're in, like, I wouldn't say, like, a safe spot. You know, we're in a spot where, you know, BYU can play football. Um. They're, they want to play. I would read this. Uh, I already mentioned the name. Just I would go um, look it up on ESPN. Uh, it's only on ESPN. It's a very, very interesting read. I would recommend, I would recommend watching it. Um, yeah. Um, so one more story here. Um, this is called heading into this week, and then I'm going to talk about um, cultural matchups this week. But this is heading into this week. Um, pretty much the biggest questions – uh, for week two, as I always said, the ACC and the Big 12 kick off their seasons t- pretty much tomorrow. We've already had one matchup yesterday between um, UAB and Miami. So that was my uh, Miami, you know, the first ACC team to play. But, um, you know, now we're actually, you know, getting to see, you know, the top 25 teams. So the first question is, which AP top 25 team, if any, will lose to an unranked foe? And... Um, one analyst says none of them, um, uh, but they're talking about, you know, Louisiana cause they play the number 23 team, Iowa state. Uh, but I mean, it's a look, but people are saying that it's not going to happen. I kind of, I kind of agree with that. Um, other people are saying no, uh, I mean, obviously everyone's kind of circling that Iowa state, Louisiana game. I was circle too. I mean, that's going to be pretty much almost evenly matched. I'll look at the line um later on um but yeah they're saying no top 25 team moves so what stats will heisman favorite trevor lawrence post at wake forest you know trevor lawrence you know pretty much the pretty much i wouldn't say undisputed but the more like consensus number one overall pick in the 2021 draft um heisman favorite you've we've seen what he's done at clemson he's ranked i think he's got I think two or one natty with him, uh, almost two last year. Um, so they're saying Lawrence completes 15 of 24 passes for 200, 205 passing yards, two TDs and 35 rushing yards. I mean, I would, I would say this is pretty much a simple offensive game. I didn't, they say, trust the running game. Don't get hurt. And I kind of agree with that. I mean, the the running game always works for Clemson. They have ETN. So, I mean, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, one other one says, 
three three hundred seven yards, three touchdowns, and no picks, and also run for a TD. Um, another one is saying three hundred five combined passing and rushing yards with four touchdowns, and then the last then another one saying three hundred yards or three touchdowns while ru- while rushing TD, and then so pretty much you know just a pretty simple day. Last one says. 280 yards and three touchdown passes, easy win. So, I mean, we're pretty much – that was pretty much expected. I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, which newcomer makes the biggest splash with his new team? People are pointing out to Eric King. Uh, obviously, they played last night, and I'll get into his stats yesterday. Uh, it was actually pretty close in the first half, but Miami got away with it. Uh, spoiler alert for those who did not watch the game. Miami won that game 31-14. <laughs> um but people are talking about De'Ara King because he was like a top QB transfer headed to Miami out of Houston. Um, it was pretty it was pretty revealing because, you know, um, I remember that Miami team, coached by Diaz, uh, Manny Diaz. They have Tate Martell on that team. And that man, I mean, he was something and that turned into nothing. Um, he was supposed to be big, but I guess he just didn't get the job done. I mean, pretty much now they have De'Ara King who's pretty much Kind of like a Jalen Hurts in a way. He is very mobile. He can run the ball very well. But he can also throw the ball really well as well. And uh, another guy is talking about um, Texas freshman Bajan Robinson. And I agree with him. Uh, he's listed number three on the depth chart. But, I mean, Texas Texas is bad? Question mark? I mean, they, I feel like they have, they have the physical running back that they're lifting. And he's shifty. So, I mean... He can he can break tackles. I mean, I haven't seen him play obviously because you know, you know he's a freshman and you know we haven't really we haven't really had any time to look at Texas's Texas uh you know practice and all that stuff. But yeah, another one talks about King. Another one talks about King, King, and then yeah. So pretty much everyone's pretty much hyping up to Eric King and trying to see where he goes and trying to see how he does. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, will there be an FCS over FBS up upset? People are saying no, but people are also talking about uh, University of South Florida, USF, against the Citadel. And, I mean, the Citadel, they did get a big win against Georgia Tech last year. So, I mean, they're saying UCF, USF should win, but people are taking a look at it. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. No, 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 but never say never. Who throws the most yards in week two? Um, people are talking about Sam Howell, obviously, uh, star QB of North Carolina, but they're also talking about Al- Alan Bowman from Texas Tech. And uh, he averaged about 340 yards in three appearances last year uh, before he got injured. Uh, and then the Red Raiders do host Houston Baptist, who last week against North Texas – um, surrendered 361 passing yards, and that's a lot. So, I mean, North Texas ran for 362. So, yeah, people are saying Howell as well. Um, another Bowman one. Sam Ellinger, that's interesting. Um, I mean, they're playing University of Texas El Paso, UTEP, and, I mean, they're not that impressive. They allowed about 230 passing yards a game, about f- almost 36 points a game. Um, Ellinger can do it. I mean, it's Sam Ellinger. I mean, Texas is back, baby. <laughs> um, uh, Spencer Rattler, the starting QB for Oklahoma. Um, I mean, 
pretty much I mean he has a he has a big legacy he has to follow. I mean he has Baker, he has Kyler, and just Jalen Hurts who just got drafted, who did transfer from Alabama though, but still like Spencer Rattler has to follow in good footsteps. Obviously he has Lincoln Riley as his head coach, pretty much a QB coach, but this is a red shirt freshman QB. Um it's gonna be interesting to see. I think this is like the really true like first time we've really seen like a freshman QB starting for Oklahoma in a long time because I mean Baker Mayfield started I think sophomore and his junior and senior year, and then Kyle Murray transferred from Texas Tech to um, Oklahoma and then started, and then obviously Jalen Hurts transferred for his senior year. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And then they're talking about who uh, rushes for the most yards. Um, I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much just the army. The army with their um, with their triple option, just run down your fucking throats. Jesus Christ! They they got three hundred forty rushing yards last week against Middle Tennessee. Like, I I agree with that. But if we're talking about like one person, people are talking about Chuba Hubbard. Obviously, he's still at OK State. Um, but their game got postponed a week, so um, they're gonna go with. Javian Hawkins, LS, not LSU, Louisville running back. Um, he ran for about uh, 1,500 yards in 2019. Um, I mean, they're going against Western Kentucky. Uh, they're saying he runs for 186 yards and scores two times. So, I mean, yeah, there's that. They're talking about Georgia Southern, uh, Wesley Kennedy the third against Campbell, the Fighting Camels. Um, that, that's a name I haven't heard of yet. Uh, Kansas, uh, Kansas's, uh, Puka Williams Jr. Uh, I mean, they're playing Coastal Carolina. I think it's actually gonna be a close game between those two. So, I mean, don't, don't, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Uh, Keontae Ingram. I mean, obviously he's pretty much, I think the star, um, in Texas, I think, I think, I think he's number one in the, in the, in the depth chart at running back. So yeah, there's Keontae Ingram and then. Uh, pretty much, I think this is the final question. No, second to last question. Um, so over the over under is 79.5, pretty much 79 and a half points in week two's highest scoring game. People are taking the over. Um, yeah, pretty much everyone's taking the other, uh, one person's taking the, two people are taking the under. And then finally obligatory preseason prediction, which four teams reach the college football playoff and who wins, who wins it all. So. The question we've been waiting for. <laughs> so, four teams right now. So, they're talking about Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and anyone else, pretty much. <laughs> um, you could you, you could maybe put, like, a Cincinnati or UCF for there, or maybe even Memphis if they get their shit together. So, maybe Notre Dame, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma State, you know. So, you know, it's interesting. But um, I would say you're pretty much safe three are Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma. And then that last spot maybe go to like a Georgia. So, but yeah, um, next I said Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, so people are people are clump, sold on Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma as like the three, and I'm not surprised by that. Um, yeah, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Florida. That's an interesting one. Um, so yeah, I mean, week two starts. Um, um, week two starts. It already started, but the mat the ranked matchups start tomorrow. And speaking of the ranked matchups, we're gonna talk about all of them right now. This is the last thing we're probably gonna get into, and then um, 
we're gonna bounce but this week we finally get to see the ranked matchups pretty much of like who is really playing who like best teams versus best teams this week like this is the top 25 here like this this ain't no joke like no jokes around here like no funny business <laughs> so today we would had we would have had three games today but the SMU TCU game that was scheduled for today got postponed because of COVID, as well as 21 ranked UCF versus Florida International and the Marshall versus East Carolina. And yesterday I already talked about UAB versus Miami versus De Eric, De Eric King's uh, first game in a Miami uniform. Um, they beat him 31 14 to Eric King, 16 of 24 for 144 passing yards and a TD. Uh, the running back, great game, Cameron Harris. Yeah, this is the, this is the star of the game, pretty much. 17 carries, 134 yards, and two TDs. Uh, he had a 66-yarder to the house early in the first in the first quarter to tie the game up, and then um, he had a four-yard run in the third quarter, and I pretty much just ran away the game with it. But uh, great start for Miami. Um, it looks like um, Derek uh, looks like Derek King really is going into himself. I mean, he completed. Uh, a good percent of his passage passes, excuse me, uh, didn't throw the ball that much, but still, I mean, he got what he needed to do done. Um, they really like to hand the ball off to Harris. Um, Harris had a great game. I mean, that 66 yard run was very impressive, uh, to take it to the house against, um, UAB. So th that was the one game that happened this weekend. Um, tomorrow is technically like the first Saturday with like top 25 teams. So we have Syracuse and North Carolina. I'm not going to like go into depth on like who's going to win and all that because i mean I, I could go on and on and on but i'm just gonna quickly just talk about like you know the matchups and the and the uh who has the who the spread excuse me so it's, it's syracuse versus the 18th ranked north carolina unc is a 23 and a half 23 point favorite you have louisiana versus iowa state iowa state's only 11 and a half point favorite so that's interesting you have charlotte versus appalachian state uh appalachian state you know pretty much like known as the best uh school out of the Sun Belt, Appalachian State's a 17-point favorite. Eastern Kentucky versus West Virginia. West Virginia is about a 42-point favorite. Arkansas, K-State. K-State is a 12.5-point favorite. Uh, we have Louisiana Tech and Baylor. That was postponed um, due to COVID-related issues. Uh, so next one is uh, University of Louisiana Monroe versus the Army. Army is about a 22-point favorite. Duke and Notre Dame. Notre Dame ranked number 10 in the country. Notre Dame is a 20-point favorite. Georgia Tech, Florida State. Florida State is about a 13-point favorite. You have University of Texas, San Antonio versus Texas State. Texas State, about a 7-point favorite. Uh, Campbell versus Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is a 34-point favorite. You have Austin P and Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is about a 28-point favorite. You have Missouri State versus number 5, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is about a 45-point favorite in that matchup. You have the Citadel versus USF. USF is about a 21-point favorite. Number one school, the Clemson Tigers, facing off against Wake Forest. Clemson's a 33-point favorite. You have Tulane versus South Alabama. South Alabama, uh, Tulane, excuse me, is a 10-point favorite. You have University of Texas El Paso versus the 14th-ranked Texas. Uh, Texas is a 43-point favorite. You have Western Kentucky versus Louisville. Louisville's a 12-point favorite. You have Houston Baptist versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech is about a 39-point favorite. And finally, we have Coastal Carolina versus Kansas, Kansas, excuse me, the Jayhawks. And the Kansas Jayhawks are about a 7-point favorite. So, those are all the games happening tomorrow um, in all FBS. Um, from FBS, FCS fans, you can look it up on your own. I'm sorry. I don't want to get into that. And um, that's going to be it for me um, for this week.
yeah, I mean, that's going to be it for me this week. Um, next week, we're probably going to have a special guest on the show. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, we always, He wanted to come on the show. Uh, he knows who he is. I promised him he's first in line. So if he's listening to this, um, I guess I'll see you next week. But uh, for everybody else, um, this has been Hot Takes with uh, – no, oh my God, why am I saying Hot Takes? Oh, that's my old one. This has been College Kid Talking College Sports. Uh, I'm your host, Curry Pounds. And also, you guys, you know, always look toward the Instagram – um college cut underscore college sports um I, that's where i post uh when my podcast drop this one will be probably dropping later today uh also uh um i already talked about it a little earlier but uh we're still looking toward getting toward audible and Am- and amazon podcast so look out for that but this is going to be a wrap for college talking college sports for this week i'm your host korea pounds i'll see you guys next time peace out